Hi, my name is Bill Cumby. I'm a teacher at First Church Ministries, and we're studying the book of Genesis. Uh, we studied the first uh, half of Genesis 1, just uh, uh, the last lesson. I'm going to review it very quickly, because this actually should be one lesson together, um, but I mean, you may listen to it in different times. Let's go over very quickly some stuff about this. So the key about Genesis is that it's a story about God and man, okay? And so the key verse is God saying, let, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. And we'll talk about that in the second section of Genesis chapter 1. So I'm not going to read that, but, but you should, if, you have, if you've just picked this up, listen to all of chapter 1 uh, uh, or read it um, in your Bible. And uh, I, I want to talk about uh, some points about Genesis real quick. First book of the uh, Bible, the Hebrew uh, Old Testament, and, uh, and uh, or the uh, Christian Old Testament and the Hebrew Bible. It's one of the first five books called the Pentateuch, which is five books or five scrolls given to um, Moses. Uh, the church is held given to Moses at, at, at Mount Sinai and uh, ascribed to Moses. Um, many people would put, uh, more liberal scholars would put the, um, the composition of these books at the time of the captivity, which was about 400 B.C., um, there's really no good evidence for that. Um, it, it was probably, they were probably written between 1250 and 1400 BC when the Israelites left Egypt. Um, book means beginnings. It talks about a lot of beginnings, the beginning of the world, the beginning of mankind, uh, creation of mankind, um, disobedience of mankind, children, destruction of the world uh, by flood, the first institution of government, and the choosing of Israel as a nation that God would then use to um, spread the gospel through the world. And then uh, there, we talked about there's many stories of creation. Uh, if you look up uh, creation myths in Wikipedia, you'll get over 100 of them. There are none like this, okay? There are no stories like creation in, in Genesis. People say they are, and the people that say they are have not studied it, okay? It's just, that's not true. Genesis is the only, uh, and you'll get stories such as the Greek one where there's a lot of God's fighting with one another and uh, actually sexual parts falling off and becoming gods and, uh, and the Hindu one where, um, you know, uh, God's again fighting with one another and, and you'll get that through, you'll get that through the whole uh, list of things that there's a, um, that there are many gods and the gods are fighting with one another. Even when there's just one God that creates everything, he creates other gods underneath him. So, so Genesis is the only count that I saw that I've been reviewed, and I did not look at all a hundred, but I got a good sampling of them, and I read them. Uh, that that it's the only one that mentions one God, just one God, and no other gods any place else in the creation story. The importance of that is that God is one. There is one God, and God created everything, and that's the purpose of the Genesis account. The purpose of the Genesis account is background information for us. Uh, and the people at Mount Sinai, the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, to understand that there is one God who created everything. If you understand that, you have an idea of why Genesis is structured the way it is. So, uh, we're going to, um, we talked about this, um, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's the word bara, creation of something from nothing, uh, ex nihilo creation, and uh, that is... Um, that is used five times in Genesis, once here, Genesis chapter 1, once here, and four other times that we're going to cover in these last three days of creation. Uh, and you'll see why that's so important, but this is the point where God creates something out of nothing. And so he creates everything 
out of nothing, the cosmos. And then he talks about, uh, we go through the, uh, we, we noted that there's a, a, a parallel passage in John that talks about in the beginning was the Word, just in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, this identification of Christ as, as God himself in, in creation, and also that, that Christ is light, and just as the first day God created the light, the idea that light shining into the world uh, is Christ. And there's a spiritual truth here. There's a physical truth here when he creates light. So he's not talking about in this thing the, the light of Christ in the sense of the, the spiritual light, but he's talking about physical light um, that is created. And so God said, let there be light. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let the waters come from waters. And so he says, let there be light and the cosmos is created and light, there's light. The sun's come into being the, the stars in the universe, okay? And, uh, but, but, there, but right now, all, all we hear about is light. We'll hear about the stars and stuff in, in day four. And then day two, he separates out the, the there's, uh, there's uh, mist, the, water, the earth is without form, and he separates out water into the bottom and, and, and atmosphere and the top and the clouds and such. And that's the second day. And the third day, he pulls up the ground from the water. So now, the universe has been created, the heavens, the, the atmosphere and the waters, and now the earth has been created, day one, two, three. Very important we understand that and what's going on here, because God created these three, I'm going to say three spaces, okay? He created the universe, the cosmos, he created the waters and the atmosphere and created the earth. Now day four, he goes ahead and it says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens and to separate the day from night, and let them be signs for seasons and for days and, and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and morning of the fourth day. Now, several things to note here. Number one, he does not talk about the sun and the moon. He talks about the greater light and the lesser light. Okay? And the reason he does that is because there were no words for the sun and the moon that weren't associated with the God. And there is no other God but God. And so he talks about a greater light and a lesser light here. He talks about them, um, he, he talks about them being lights in the heavens. He just not, again, does not say the these, these are now being given, the, the, the heavens are being furnished with lights, okay? The idea is God created the cosmos, and now he's furnishing the suns and the moons and the stars in and, and there. Um, and, and so the idea is, again, of a workman creating spaces and furnishing spaces. Created the cosmos, and he furnished it with the sun, sun stars, and moon. Were the sun, moon, and stars there before because there was light? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they were created at this point or whether or not. So, so one of the things says, um, he says, and God set them in the expanse of heaven to give light um, and um, uh, let them be for signs and seasons. It could be that at that point he was just using that. They were in existence before, but he sort of ordered them in their array at that point. Uh, they, they assumed their current array. I don't know. I, I, I have to say... For me, I, I think he created them here, okay, but I don't know. 
Interestingly enough, if he did create them there, he did create them from some other matter because it doesn't talk about the raw. There were, they, they, no, no creation from nothing. So there was something there when he created the universe at the beginning. The second thing, and God said, let the water swarm with the living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth and the expanse of the heavens. So God created, this is, you get bar, second time, bar is mentioned, the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, which, which with the water swarms according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply in the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Now, interesting, first day, light darkness, fourth day, sun, moon, stars, second day, air and water, fourth, uh, fifth day, uh, things to fill that, the birds and the, birds and the uh, um, uh, fish. So, um, and, and the word created comes here. So, interestingly enough, when God creates animals, it's not that he created the great sea creatures. That's not where this, the, the word created is going. The word created is going that he created animals. Okay? He created higher animals. So, my, my personal opinion, again, this is, it is personal opinion, um, maybe things unfolded naturally. Maybe there's a level of, of evolution before the fall. Maybe not now, but before the fall when things were ordering, going, chaining out well, that the plant, the earth brought forth plants and stuff. But to create animals, higher animals, not microbes per se, but animals, uh, God actually intervened and created those. Okay, so maybe there was a second creative event for animals. And I don't know that. I, I don't know where this is going, but I do know this that God is now furnishing the, the, the two spaces he created, the air and the waters. He's, he's furnishing those, okay? And so you get that on the fifth day. And then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, and the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on earth according to its kind, and it was good. So God then... Um, it, 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 this is a carry-on of the creation thing that he created. Uh, he created um, three types of living creatures on the land. He created the wild animals, which are top of the food chain. Okay. He created the domesticated animals. Okay. And he created the creepy crawly things, insects. So we know there are far more insects in the world than there are animals, other animals. But um, but those are the so so. The Israelites sitting on Mount Sinai, they knew about these three. They knew about the plague of locusts that came and damaged the land. They're certainly familiar with domesticated animals. And the, again, there's the wild animals, the uh, lions and crocodiles and other uh, animals in there. And so he's saying, I created all of those. So, uh, so I created the cosmos, I furnished it. I created the, the atmosphere and the waters, I furnished it. I created the land and I furnished it. So... So what you're getting here is God saying, I created everything that was, all the spaces there were, I created. Everything that's out there, I created. And I created all the furnishings. I created all the things inside of there. They are mine. And there's only one God in all this. This is why I say, this is, this is much, much, much different from any other creation story. Okay? It is much, it's, it's clear, it's logical, it's laid out well. And its intent is to tell people that there is one God and that he created everything. That's what its intent is. Don't try to make it go into too much more than that. One of the things, when, when you, when, uh, 
this is in some ways a framework. In fact, people have taught this a framework analysis because I'm not, is well, uh, widely noted that the first three days are creating spaces and the next three days are creating, furnishing those spaces. That, that maybe he structured it that way and, and that it's just a general story on that and, and things didn't actually evolve that way or come out that way. Well, it definitely is a framework. It's no doubt it's a framework, okay? It's like you're trying to recount something and you're writing a list to make sure you don't forget anything is here. But just because it is a list doesn't mean it's not an accurate chronological list either. So I'm, I'm not arguing that this couldn't happen this way. In fact, it all makes sense that it did happen this way, that, that, that this is, you know, you create the earth and plants come forward and stuff and then animals and stuff. So, so it sounds really reasonable from a scientific viewpoint, but the intent was not to write a science text, okay? That's why I'm saying don't try to push more into it than it is. And unfortunately, people push more to it than it is to try to prove that the Bible is the word of God. And that, I, there, I used to have a professor when I was at ODU, there was a professor there that taught creation science. And uh, there, were, there were two tenured professors there, one in plant biology and one in animal physiology. And they taught it, and it was a very well-attended class. Lots of people went to it. They taught it every, you know, three or four years. And uh, I wanted to go to that class. I wanted to say, when are you going to teach it again? He says, I don't know, I'm not sure when. I said, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's wonderful to see how God created everything. He says, yeah, and it, he says, it is, Bill, but you know what? I've never seen anyone become a believer because they believed that Genesis was true, that literal creation was true, okay? You believe that God is, the, the word of God is true, and then you understand the Genesis account is true. But the Genesis account has, it, it, is, it, people, try to, people try to use anything as an excuse to obscure why. You know, uh, you're, you're talking about their personal salvation. They'll say, what about the people it used to be when I was growing up? Quite a, what about the people in deepest, darkest so-and-so that never heard the word? You know, because they don't want to talk about their salvation. They want to talk about someone else's because they don't want to interact on reality. This, that can happen here, too. So, so be careful about saying we have to defend the, the integrity of Genesis 1 because no one's going to believe the Bible if they don't believe that. Because I'm telling you this. Most, this has been so mischaracterized by the press and general public that, that they're not even going to listen to what you have to say if you're trying to convince them the truth on this because they have, they have ears and they can't hear and eyes and they can't see. Talk about the Word of God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the fact that we do things we don't want to do that we know are wrong and we need a Savior. This is all great stuff. This is really important. And, and it, it, but again, it is the stage for this next section, okay? So we've gone through the six days of creation, but it doesn't quite end on verse uh, 25. It goes into 26 through 28, which is, which is the thing that I told you was a key verse in Genesis. Uh, here, um, here's the whole section. Um, I'm going to um, read it, and then I'm going to break it down into some sections here. So then God said, let us make man in our image, um, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Uh, him, excuse me. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and said to them, Be fruitful, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, 
and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in it and fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast, and to every bird of the uh, bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. And I'm sorry about the pauses there. I'm thinking about things as I go along. You always see new things as you go along. Uh, so, so let me break out the first part. Um, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created them, and male and female he created them. So let's go over the verse 26. And God said, again, the word speaking, let us make man after our own image. Now, there, this is the interesting thing. So I've told you that God is saying the purpose of this is there is one God, and that he created everything. And the Jewish people are fiercely monotheistic. You know, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Okay? And they died for that. That's called the Shema. Uh, hear, O Israel, Shema, listen. Um, the Lord your God is one. And they died for that. And yet here we see, let us make man in our image. Now, I, I was talking with a friend yesterday. She's Jewish. Um, and I said, one of the reasons you know the Bible hasn't been tampered with, uh, I, and I, I talked about this passage, is, is um, because if, it was, if, if they tried to make it so it made sense, then they would have changed things. And I guarantee you that a Jewish person that did not have reverence for the text would change that to singular, because there is only one God. Okay? Now, it could be the plural of majesty. There's, there's a couple of other ways. Us could mean the plural of majesty. In other words, we are pleased with this. You know, a, a king or queen speaking on something. Um, it displeases us. And it's like the queen or king speaking for the, for the people, I think. Um, but who else is the majesty? You know, it, it doesn't it make sense. The other thing is he's speaking to the heavenly court. But that doesn't make sense either because... He's talking about making them in his image, okay? And, and the angels aren't in his image. So, so it's like, what is, what is going on here? So I, I actually think this is the Trinity. And, and, and people have said, it's hard. you don't want to read things back into things. But, but I don't see another answer for that. And the reason I don't see another answer for that is because uh, you need to understand what's going on in 27 when we get there. So, so, so hang with me there for the hour stuff now. But the, the interesting thing is, is the Bible hasn't been tampered with, okay? They don't change. People, the Jewish people, when they didn't understand something, they kept it in there. In fact, the other example that I said it was yesterday was Lot. Lot was willing to give his daughters to be gang raped in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he was listed as a He was supposed to be a godly man, caught in a horrible situation. Later, his daughters got him drunk and had children by him and stuff like that. Horrible things of the Jewish nation that are preserved because they don't mess with the Word of God. You don't mess with the Word of God. You don't make yourself look better at the expense of changing the Word of God. And so here you have something very interesting that this has been preserved. Okay? Then he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So there's, 
is that's not said of anything else in scripture in, in creation. Now you get the workman saying, "Let me make the masterpiece, man, in my image and my likeness, and let them plural have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air." Right? Remember, we created the atmosphere, birds of the uh, fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth. By the way, that's probably talking about the wild animals and ellipsis for the wild animals, but it's talking about all the earth. So over all the livestock, over all the earth, not just maybe the animals, but the, uh, but the plants and stuff too, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So all categories of animals are under man's dominion. The world was created for man. This is a revelation in and of itself, but that's not the main point. The main point comes next. So God created, and here you get Bara mentioned too. Three times it's mentioned. And it's, so the text is a narrative text. And one of the things I did not say, uh, I had a great Hebrew professor, um, uh, Dr. Collins, Jack Collins, I, I believe he's general editor of the ESV. Uh, and, and he would talk about the Vayak Tol, which is a narrative sense. And it says, um, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be an expanse. And God said, let the water. And God said, and God said, and that's repeated six times. But when we get to here, and it says, uh, in, in 26, then it slows down and it says, then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And you start seeing this slowing down of, of the text, um, uh, the, the repetition, image, likeness, um, the dominion over everything, the recounting of everything. And then, and God, so God created man in his own image, okay? Singular God. By the way, the, uh, just a quick note, the word God is Elohim, and technically Elohim is plural. It's always God. It, Elohim is translated God, not gods, but Elohim, the word Elohim is a plural word, and that might be the plural of majesty, but El is God, and Elohim is still God. Um, so uh, this, all of Genesis 1 talks about Elohim. Genesis 2 talks about uh, Elohim Yahweh, Lord God, and we'll talk about that next week. But but uh, but this one it talks about Elohim. Uh, so so God singular, even though it's a plural form, it's singular. So God created man in His own image. Okay, singular in the image of God He created him singular singular, male and female He created them. So all of a sudden mankind in his own image, really this is God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created mankind, him, male and female he created them, mankind. This is what I'm saying, so the creation here is a special creation. Now, there are things worth fighting for, okay? Uh, in, in this, is, and I have to say, evolution as a whole is not one of the ones I think is worth fighting for because I don't know the, where Scripture stands on that thing. But I do know this: it's very clear that man is a special creation. It slows down the whole narrative to take time to make sure that we understand that we did not evolve from the animals. Now, you can say all you want that that a chimpanzee or an ape or something has ninety-nine point percent of the DNA of something like. And, and I'd say, well, that's, I mean, I, I don't argue with that. Um, but, you know, I, I would say the DNA of a dead man is 100% of a live man, too. I mean, but it, they're 
one's dead and one's alive. I mean, just because you share common material does not mean you're in the same state, number one. And number two, often very small changes can make a very big difference, okay? Uh, I'm a sanitary engineer, and I love to tell people that sewage is purer than ivory soap. So if you remember ivory soap, ivory soap was 99.43, percent pure, and it floated. And the reason it floated is because they injected air bubbles, but that's another story. So, but it, they would say it was 99.44, pure, and, and sewage is purer than that. Sewage is purer than 99.43% pure. The impurities in sewage that separate it from water are less than 1%, uh, much less than 1%. And yet, no one mistakes sewage for water. So don't tell me that just because something has 98% of the DNA of something else that it's almost identical, because it's not, okay? Those genes and the differences are different things. The reason I say this is because it becomes a faith issue at this point. Well, they have all this line, chain of man and, and stuff like that. Well, there's two things. Number one, is mankind after the fall could have degenerated, number two. And number two, apes could have come close to mankind, but they never had, they were never endowed with the spirit of God. They were never endowed with the process of communication at the level that, so, so animals can communicate someone, only man can truly communicate. And when you hear that, you say, there's apes that communicate. The apes they've taught over the years they talk at maybe a five-year-old level best, best, and they're not able to talk about abstract concepts. When they, have, they, they don't talk, they actually use symbols and stuff like that, but they can't, even a little kid talks about time. They love rhymes about time, you know, my, my, uh, I am my own grandpa, there's a little song that goes on that, and, and you, you sing about the time conundrum type thing. Only mankind has that ability. That is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. It's the ability to communicate. And the word communicate comes from, we get community from that too. Co-union. You know, co part of being created in the image of God is we are not created individually. We are, God created mankind. Okay? Do we all come to know God face to face one by one? Yes, we do. But we all come to as a community too, and that's why in Revelation it talks to people from every tribe and nation and stuff like that because the communities are important. God created us for community. That is part of the message of Genesis: is that we are all in this together. This is there was a union there that was intended to be like the union with God. Okay, if you ever think about it, that the tri Trinity. Exist because God is community. Okay, God in His essence is one, and yet that oneness is a community, and that's what it means to be created in the image of God, and that creates some responsibilities because we are our brothers' keepers. We are in this together. There is a thing that, that and so part of the message here is there is a group responsibility too. We don't like that in America. We're very individualistic. That's sinful, okay? It's not wrong to be an individual. It is wrong to be an individual with no need for a community because we are not created as just individuals. And so we're going to get into that as we get into Genesis more and more. We will see the problems and trials of ignoring that truth over and over again. And then I'll have to say this too. The reason that we, when we sin, and we're going to get into this, 
The reason that we all fell in Adam is because we, have, we are the lineage of Adam. We are the community of Adam. And the reason we're saved is because we've become the community of the new Adam, Jesus Christ. And so we'll talk about that. That comes out in this. But, but I do want to say this. It slows down. It focuses on this. The focus at Genesis 1 is not on creation of the world. That's the stage. When you have a play, you have to have props and stuff like that. The world is the props. And God wants you to know that all the props are there are his doing. And he owns them all. And they're all his. And by the way, he, gave, he did this for you. He, gave, he did this to have dominion, for us to have dominion over here. And then he created us. And then we see this last thing. Um, uh, and God blessed them uh, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the seas and the birds of the heavens and over every given thing. Now, now, I don't know if you catch this. I'm going to have to go back a couple slides on this. Um, this is pretty much like this. It's a restatement. And the reason it's restated like this and it's slowed down is because this is the focal point. And, and a lot of times when you put a before and after type thing, so he says that. So, so let's, look, but let's look at this passage. I just don't want to pass over it very quickly. Um, so he gives, the, he, he gives uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill, and subdue the earth, he says. Uh, have dominion over all things, okay? Um, that, that is to exercise uh, authority over them for their good. So they're, they're vice gerents. In other words, they stand in the place of God over these things. And so there's a responsibility to creatively use them, not to, not to harm them, but to be uh, stewards of this. And God said, Behold, I, I'm giving you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, with every tree and seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of every earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything he made, and behold, it was very good, and there was evening and morning of the sixth day. So, um, this is what I was sort of stumbling over as we were talking. Um, many have taken that to mean that man was vegetarian before the flood, and that after the, after the flood it says, I now give you all meat, you know, all animals to eat to. Uh, and so there's a possibility of that. I mean, uh, but I actually think what's going on here, uh, it, it, it certainly could be that. I, I do not want to say that man, man may have been vegetarian up to the flood. Again, this is one of the things that I'm saying, it could be true, but I don't know. Don't get too caught on it. It could just be God saying, hey, I created all this stuff. I'm letting you know it's okay for you to eat it. Okay? You know, in, in other words, he gives them dominion over all the animals, but he never says anything about the plants and stuff, and he's just making it very clear the plants are for your use too, and the animals. They're all there. It's all for you. They, they're, they're, don't worry about it. I'm not going to get on upset if you eat that banana. Okay? okay, It's all yours. It's all good. I've created all the good things for you. So, so uh, we get this uh, last slide that uh, I put in here just to, uh, to sort of summarize what's going on here. Uh, day one, the light and the dark, uh, sky and the sea, and then the land, and then furnishing of the light and the dark, uh, sun, stars, and moons, and the sea and air animals, and the land animals and man. Okay? So, but, so what's the purposes of Genesis 1? Well, Genesis 1 is to tell everyone there is one God, and he created everything, and he created man specially. And that, so, 
So we're going to get more into the special man creation thing here and in the next thing. And that this is, this is the real stage, is mankind. This is, the play is about God and mankind. It is not about the creation of the world. Is it a scientific um, uh, account of creation? No, it's not. Because it, they didn't have scientific accounts in those days. They weren't talking about scientific accounts. Is it, is it accurate? Yes, it is accurate. Is it scientific? Yeah, I think by today's standards it's scientific, but it wasn't written for that. Okay, just understand what I'm saying here. Don't get lost in those details. Well, if it's inaccurate, then it's not true. It's not inaccurate. It's very accurate. But I'm not sure exactly what the framework was when he's telling this. If he's picturing, and by the way, you'll notice that day seven is not on here because that picks up in chapter two, and we'll talk about that. But there's a picture that he's given to the Israelites of God going through as a workman in an orderly fashion, creating everything, not out of control, taking his time to make things the right way, to put them in the right place, and to do the right thing. So everything is created very good. Okay, That's the picture there. Okay, That gets changed very quickly. But they need to understand what it was like before the fall, because now they're suffering. They've been suffering for a long time. Several hundred years, 300, it's 20 to 380 in Egypt before they got out. And, and, uh, and now they're ex-slaves, and God's trying to help them understand their identity as people, and then as his chosen uh, race. So we're going to get into that. Um, the second chapter, which we'll start next week, um, is, talks about, introduces a different perspective on creation. It's a much more personal perspective and it's much more focused on man. The only thing I'm going to say right now, because in case you don't listen to the second one and you're still hung up on this, uh, what I'm talking about with creation and evolution and all this other stuff is we need to be very careful about what we read into scripture. Because if you only had chapter one and you didn't have chapter two, you would say that male and female were created at exactly the same time. That's what it says, right? It says he created the male and female, right? So, so he created it at the same time, but in chapter two, we understand that that was just a summary comment about what he took a lot of time to do later on, because he created man, and man did all the animals, and then he took women from the side. So, so there's a lot of summaries in Genesis chapter one that are not inaccurate, but if you insist on pushing it too far when you say, he created male and female at the same time because it says here, male and female, he created them. You're saying something it doesn't say, okay? But you, well, it's a logical implication. Yeah, but because we have chapter two, we know it was not an unreasonable implication, but not, it's not a true implication. So you read too much into it, that's what I'm saying. So, so maybe Genesis 1, and in fact, indeed it is, is a summary because you cannot talk about creation in a page and really talk about all of creation. So it's a summary. How it was summarized and why it was summarized is more secondary to the point that it was summarized accurately, that God did indeed create everything, and there is no other God besides God. So, so that's where we come in this. And then again, don't lose sight of the fact that that's the background. The real truth is God created man in his own image. So there is now a very special focus here of God and man, and it's something much, much greater than creation. Again, creation, God created the heavens and earth. God created the animals. God created mankind three times, I mentioned, because 
that creation was more special than any of the other creations. What he put into us was different from anything else he put into creation. And because of that, we are the center of the universe. People, people get upset when they say, Christians thought that Earth is the center of the universe, da 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 I, you know, the Greeks thought that, and the Christians adopted it and defended it on a dying hill. They died on that hill wrongly, but that's not what the Bible was talking about anyway. But I will say this, we are the center of God's creation. Okay? Um, and, and if there are other intelligent life out there, there might be other interactions on that. I don't know what, what's going on out there. But God has told us we are the center of this. The center of this play is us with God. Everything else flows out of this. Don't lose sight of the fact that Genesis 1 tells us we're created in the image of God and that we're created as a community in the image of God. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we ask you to watch over us and to uh, help us to um, meditate on your word and, and have the incredible thankfulness that you've considered us worthy, that you created us out of out of nothing to be your your friends, yeah, to have fellowship with you. Um, it is so fantastical that, that was it was not revealed in Scripture, then we couldn't believe that. But we, we do believe that. And, and, and we thank you for the time that we might have in fellowship with you through eternity. And we ask that you come on us now and help us live lives pleasing to you and that we might have more and more fellowship with you and just enjoy your presence. We ask in your name, Jesus.